0: Good morning. It's good to be here again, gathered together, the people of God. Thank you, Ezra, for leading those songs. The last one especially stood out to me. The verse above that song says, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's so true. That's actually a little bit what we're going to touch this morning. Uh, The last verse says, Gentle Holy Spirit, see our spirits long to worship Jesus as we truly ought. We long to worship Jesus as we truly ought. Gracious Holy Spirit, we would better praise the Father both in word and thought. It's admitting our need to be able to express our worship to Christ, to God, and that's a little bit what we're going to talk about this morning. If you want to put a title to this meditation, it is God's Love Language. Have you ever wondered why at times the answers to our life's struggles aren't more easily accessible in the Bible? <clears throat> Just like opening the Bible, here's what I need. <clears throat> sometimes it can be weeks, months, or even years at times to find answers, and even then sometimes they seem kind of vague. <clears throat> Think of Joseph in Egypt as he was a slave and then in prison for two years. Do you think he ever wondered, Why, Lord? Abraham, who believed against hope after it was physically impossible for him to have an, a son. Do you think he ever wondered, Why, Lord? I'm sure he did. <clears throat> uh, Moses, for 40 years in the wilderness. And God had a purpose. I think there are multiple reasons God allows these things, but one of them is one of them has to do with our relationship with God. <clears throat> God is a relational God, and He loves spending time with us, His bride. <clears throat> um, he loves spending time walking and talking with His people. He is our bridegroom, and I think one of his love languages is quality talk time. He continues to commune. He, he loves to commune with us, his bride. Time spent alone with God is not a waste of time. <clears throat> so that uh, brings us to our one and only point. God loves to have talk time. In Genesis, we see it right from the start. Adam and Eve... And you can, I'll probably be going through some of these scriptures pretty quickly. There will be a few that I want you to turn to for sure, but uh, um, in Adam, in uh, Genesis 3, 8, it talks about, uh, he's, it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And it doesn't say specifically, but I, it, we kind of assume that this was a regular thing. God came into the Garden of Eden to, to talk with Adam and Eve and commune with them it kind of kind of wouldn't would seem that's what's happening here and uh, from other scriptures we can, we know that God wants to have fellowship with his children and I think that's what was happening here too uh, Enoch it says in Genesis five twenty two, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. That's kind of a significant passage there, and we don't know why God took him, but I think one of the reasons, like why he didn't die a natural death, I think one of the reasons was because he walked with God, and God wanted to make a statement that this man was special. There was something peculiar about him. He took, he took the time to walk with God. We're going to look at the life of Moses a little bit, take a quick walk through Exodus In uh, in first in chapter three, God came to Moses in the burning bush, (coughs) and He spoke with him there. He He called Moses out and said, um, and talked with him there at the burning bush. Then, during the plagues in Egypt, Moses entreated the Lord many times. Every time there was a plague, and Pharaoh uh, asked Moses to stop the plague. Moses would go and entreat to the Lord, and God and Moses would talk there, you know, and then God told Moses uh, what to do next. Um, and it was obvious, God had Moses, God was preparing Moses for something greater, much greater than this even, that, which we'll be looking into. Um, <clears throat> chapter uh, 19, let's turn to Exodus 19. Chapter 19, verses 3 through 5. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. <clears throat> Here you can see God's desire to bless his people. And this, you can, Moses went up, up unto God in the mountain. God called him out of the mountain. And this was the beginning of almost going through the whole book of Exodus, God speaking with Moses. In chapter 20, God gave uh, the children of Israel the Ten Commandments. Then in verse 21... Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. This was up in the mountain. Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was, the presence of the Lord. And he was up there through the rest of chapter 20, through chapter 21, 22, and 23. Then in chapter 24, uh, Moses... God told Moses to come up with Aaron and Nadab, Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel and worship afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord. Let's read verses, chapter 24, verses 9 through 18. Then then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the seventy elders of the... Of Israel, and they saw that God, the God of Israel, and sorry, let me read that again, and they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were the body of heaven in his in his clearance <clears throat> clearness, and upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand, also they saw God and did eat and drink. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up unto me, come up to me into the mount, and be there. And I will give thee tables of stone, and a law, and commandments which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up, and his minister Joshua, you see here Joshua went with Moses, and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us, until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. And the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was a devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount forty days and forty nights. Uh, Forty days. Was this a waste of Moses' time? I mean, he was the leader of the children of Israel, more than a million people. And I'm sure he had a thousand and one other things he could have been doing instead. But he was hardly down out of the mount from that that time after being there 40 days and in verse 31 he goes right back up to make atonement for the people this was you know while the, while they were in the mount there the children of israel sinned or while he was in the mount the children of israel sinned made a golden calf this was an awful time for the children of israel they had sinned horribly and god is at the threshold of consuming them let's read chapter 33 verses 1 through 23 And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart, and go up hence, thou and the people. This was after they had sinned. God was very angry. <clears throat> go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, <clears throat> unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and will drive out the Canaanite, Amorite, and the Hittite, the Perizzite, and Hivite, and Jebusite unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, Ye are a stiff-necked people, I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment, and consume thee. Therefore now put off thine ornaments from thee, that I may know what, uh, what to do unto thee. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. Now just picture this. The, uh, the tabernacle was significant of God's presence. And if you think about when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they, uh, they were at the Red Sea, and the cloud uh, came down behind them to stop the Egyptians from from Getting them from destroying them, and that was God. That was His presence. And as they and th- that cloud led them, and the pillar of fire by day, by day in the cloud by night, or the other way around, I think it was, led them uh, through the wilderness. Then after they, God told them to build a tabernacle. That cloud would dwell above the tabernacle, and that was the presence of God. And the tabernacle was in the middle of the camp of. Uh, Israel. There was, I, believe, I would think, I would imagine there was tents all around and the tabernacle was in the middle. That presence of God was there and that was their, that was their uh, security. That was their, um, yeah, what they looked to for direction. When that cloud got went up and moved, they knew it was time to go and here Moses took this tabernacle and moved it out. Without the camp, outside the camp. I'm sure that was unsettling. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the the tabernacle of the congregation which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood, every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. This was as Moses was coming into the tabernacle. Everybody was standing at the tent door watching this. Moses came, entered into the tabernacle, and the cloudy pillar descended and met him there. Just amazing. About makes shivers go up and down your spine. <clears throat> And all the people rose up and worshipped, every man at his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again, Moses turned again, into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And we don't hear or read much about Joshua. But Joshua, (coughs) he went with Moses into the mount that one time when he was forty days in the mountain. He, he stayed in the tabernacle. He knew this was an awful time for the children of Israel. And just a little side note here. Joshua, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Joshua and Caleb were the only ones of their generation that entered into the land of Canaan then. <clears throat> and you just look at Joshua here. He stayed in the presence of the Lord. He knew that this was an awful time. This was, this was, this was not a time to be partying or whatever, and he stayed in the presence of the Lord. He was all by himself, I understand, but he was there. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Moses is saying this to God. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, "'Show me now thy way, that I may know thee.'" He's asking the Lord for direction and, and for to know him, that he wants, he wants to know God, <clears throat> "'that I may find grace in thy sight "'and consider that this nation is thy people.'" And he said, "'My presence shall go with thee, "'and I will give thee rest.'" And he said unto him, "'If thy presence go not with me, "'carry us not up hence.'" Moses also knew the importance of God's presence going with them. That's, oh, let's read the next verse. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. It's not, Moses knew it wasn't just because they were the children of Israel that they were special. It was because God's presence was with them. And he knew if God would not go with them, there would would be no difference between them and anybody else. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Now that to me is, is uh, just amazing to hear that, hear God say that. And I want to hear that, him say that to me too. I know thee by name. <clears throat> and I think it's because Moses spent time. Spent time with the Lord. <clears throat> Just communicating and hearing the heart of God and worshiping. And, <clears throat> and then, uh, then Moses asked this amazing thing. I don't know if anybody else has ever asked this of God. He says, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of a rock. And will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> and I would take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. <clears throat> Just amazing. The uh, relationship that we to have with God. A <clears throat> couple more people that uh, we can look at that also had a relationship with God or poured out their heart to God. In Samuel, first Samuel one, Hannah poured out her heart to the Lord. And he heard her. He answered her. You don't have to turn there. Think of the many times that David worshipped the Lord in, uh, in Psalms. And also when he was in distress, he'd cry out to the Lord. And God called him a man of God's own heart. Even Jesus would spend all night in prayer <clears throat> to his heavenly Father, and if there was anyone who didn't need to pray, it seems like it would have been him. He was, he was God Himself. Let's read in uh, Second Chronicles seven twelve. <clears throat> you can turn there if you want to. Could I have somebody read that for me? Second Chronicles, seven, twelve through. Oh, I didn't write it down. I believe it's fourteen. Seven, chapter seven, verse twelve through fourteen. chapter 7 verse 12 through 14 And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven will forgive their sins and will heal their land. There again you can just see God's heart. <clears throat> he wants to He wants to He wants to do that. He wants to see His people seek His face. He wants to bless them. But He's also a uh, a just God and He needs to have a people whose heart is humble and contrite and right before him before he can do that. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. <clears throat> Other passages, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth in psalms it says god is our refuge and strength and if we think about a refuge we run to a refuge when there's when there's danger when there's uh when we're in trouble and god wants to be that refuge for us it also says be still and know that i am god Uh, quite often in psalms and yeah david talks about being still and even just think about the uh, the little word Sila how many times that's in the in the book of Psalms it's just a little word that says stop and think about it or just pause here you know and <clears throat> I believe God wants us to consider that uh, you know just just stop our lives are, our lives are so busy and so our minds are so full all the time and God wants us to just stop and not transcendental meditation or anything like that but just Empty our minds and and, uh, let the world go by without us. (laughs) Let's uh, let's turn to Psalm 24. I believe we can see some more of God's heart here in Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully? He shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift ye you up your heads, O ye gates, and even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. The gates are opening the way for the king to come in. You know, it says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and it's just talking about the gates opening Us opening the gates and the king of glory shall come in. And uh, I don't know what all the ways, the methods are to open those gates, but we looked at a lot of them already this morning. Clean hands and a pure heart. (coughs) Um, Inviting the king to come in. We want uh, to do that in our hearts. You see, I believe one of God's love languages is quality talk time. He loves to see his bride come to him and spend time adoring him. Worshiping him, uh, loving him, and making our needs known to him on a regular basis. I know we are busy and our schedules are demanding, but uh, God has recently been showing me my need to, do, to be more consistent in this and that my, has actually been convicting me that my priorities are not right. And uh, in Luke 16 it says, no servant can serve two masters. He will either hate the one or love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and Mammon. And uh, God just been showing me how, um, how, how, where my heart is in all of this. You know, I don't believe I I hated God and loved Mammon. Mammon is money or you know wealth. But then the next the next. When there, it says either he will do that or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. And I realized, you know what, what am I, what do I, where do I really put my priorities, my time, you know, what, what am I focusing on? And I realized that I had been despising my relationship with God, not that I hated him or hated it, I had just been letting it go, not, you know, faithful and regular and pressing in. and. And therefore, been holding to the other, you know, mammon. And uh, very thankful for uh, God's speaking and His conviction in that. And um, I just encourage all of us to, m- first of all, make it a daily, um, make daily, per- daily personal devotions a priority. Um, one thing that's been uh, very um, positive thing for me is to come whenever I have my devotions, my daily devotions, to come expecting. Um, not just, you know, sit down and read a chapter or read my passages, you know, and go on for the day, but to come expecting and even asking God to show me something today. And that that makes a difference for me. Um, mothers, young mothers with Young children, I don't know what to say. I know it's very hard for you, with the demands of life and stuff. um, Maybe collaborate with some other mothers and ask, "How can we? You know, how do you do it?" Or, um, but I believe sometime in the day, taking the time just to to read the Word of God, it it would still be good. Um, For me. Uh, taking time to pray in the mornings. I do it in the mornings, and uh, I enjoy going on prayer walks. That just that just is what has worked best for me, and I, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but uh, <coughs> it kind of sets a time, you know, and, and I can kind of easily, if I'm just kneeling somewhere in a closet or whatever, I can easily get distracted and 20 minutes goes by, and I really didn't pray much anyway, you know, but prayer walk somehow helps me. And uh, I also have found that um, often when I'm praying, especially if I'm going through a struggle or whatever, I end up praying most of the time just for myself and my own needs naturally. And, you know, I get to the I get to the point where I normally get to and turn around and come home and realize that all I prayed for is myself. And uh, so what I started doing... This was years ago, back in nineteen years. Um, what I started doing was at the point where I turn where I normally turn around. That's when I'd stop praying for myself and I'd pray for somebody. And I usually what I did is put a list, a prayer list together. of, You know, church families or neighbors, and you know, pray for one family each day and each person. And then on my way back on the prayer walk, I'd pray for those people and maybe a. Each individual in that family, and uh, it it really for me, makes a difference because um, it gets my eyes off myself and my own needs and gives me a burden for other people and maybe when I see that person throughout the week and tell them i 'm praying for him or even even just send them a text and say hey i 'm praying for you today, how can I pray for you you know and it helps uh, I believe it helps us to fight the fight together secondly <clears throat> Um, in addition to daily personal devotions, I think it's a good thing, at least for those of us who can, um, young people have time, uh, us fathers who are responsible for our families, I think it's a good thing to make time to do separate, um, times alone with God. For me, like on a Saturday, you know, just for three hours or so, you know, just get, get alone, um it doesn't have to be every week or even every month, you know, maybe a couple times a year or just, you know, just to get alone with God. And, uh, there again, I think some kind of schedule, it has worked good for me, you know, to kind of set a schedule for myself through those. If I say I'm going to, you know, let's say three hours, you know, and, you know, where I decide, okay, the first half hour, I'm going to spend time singing or, you know, and then this next half hour, I'm going to spend time praying. And then usually I'll do an hour of, listening to a message or reading a book or something and then ended up with another half an hour of singing and a half an hour of praying or something like that. It just really, it helps me stay on track, and I think it's good for us to do that. Um, God, God, God's presence. Well, okay, what I wanted to say is coming out of a time like that, um, often you can just feel the presence of God because you've been in the presence of God, And it's different than than even just a normal morning devotions. It's on a different level and, and, you know, you see the world in a little bit of a different light usually. And it's just a sweet time of communing with God. Sometimes it's not anything real substantial, you know, and not much changes or, you know, but it's just, it can be just a sweet time of communing with God. I think it's important for us to see that we are responsible individually with our relationship between us and God and not just depend on the pastors and our parents for spiritual food. <clears throat> Isaiah fifty seven fifteen in closing says For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. God is high and lofty and he inhabits eternity. He he abides in eternity. I don't know how to how else to read that. But <clears throat> whose name is Holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is, a, is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. He wants to revive us. He wants to give us hope and peace. And even though sometimes going into... Uh, you know, spending time like that, it can feel like a waste of time or or even just hard to do. Um, he wants it to be a sweet time. A little bit like a date time with your spouse or with your uh, spouse-to-be. or um, <clears throat> Because that's what we are. We are his bride and he is preparing for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And... It's a, it's a, it can be, it can be, and it, it should be a sweet relationship. Just so, just an encouragement. I don't want it to be a, like a condemnation. Here's what you have to do to be a Christian. Not at all, but just an encouragement to take that time, take the initiative, to press in and to, and to uh, find answers. Because I believe that back to the was one of the, some of the very first questions I asked. You know, why don't we just, why can't we just open the Bible and have an answer? I believe God is somewhat hidden for a reason. And it's so that we seek him, so that we press in. You know, we dig in. He, he wants to see that. So God bless you all. I, um, This is probably our last Sunday here for a while, so it's a little special for us. <laughs> I really enjoy you all as brothers and sisters and hate leaving again. But, uh, um... God knows the reasons for all that, too. And uh, I really enjoyed being here for the last couple months again, just reconnecting and getting uh, reacquainted with you all again. So uh, may God's blessing be on you as we part and continue to seek God's face so that someday in heaven we can be together forever. Praise the Lord.